0: Welcome back to the Maven Show. This is your host, Rohit. Today, we have Charles Fry, the founder and the CEO of Code Exodus and Investor. Thank you, Charles, for getting into the show.
1: Ah, happy to be here. Let's get it on. Let's do it.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, so, so we will be diving in like a bunch of stuff to be how to be a successful tech entrepreneur with a technical knowledge you know so you've been specialized into that so would you just like to give a quick intro of your first how you got started how you've been into and how long you've been into this
1: (laughs) well I've been at it for a long time right I've been at this uh, for about 30 years and uh, right out of university Mm -hmm. uh, the University of Michigan um, I started my first tech company and been doing it ever since Uh, I was trained as a scientist I knew how to program. This was back in the late 1980s. And so I was an engineer. I was a technical person when I started a technical company. And then over the years, I've been involved in, in quite a few startups. Uh, some of them have been venture backed. Some of them have been bootstrapped, um, all kinds of transactional work. Today, Codexitos, we're a product development studio. So we work with other entrepreneurs who want to Build and launch a digital product, software, hardware, IoT related products. So, we have a lot of entrepreneurs coming to us now that are not technology oriented uh, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. but they've identified a market, they've got a great idea or an idea that they believe in, and they need a technical team to help them build and launch the product. Uh, it could be a SaaS platform or a mobile app or any of those kind of things. Yeah. And so this is what we do at Codex Ethos, we function as the technical design and um, production resources for for entrepreneurs who aren't programmers, who aren't engineers, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So we get to see a lot of people who wouldn't consider themselves to be technologists or software engineers, mm-hmm. who are very successful at launching products. So, yep, that's what we're doing.
0: Awesome. So, so I- you were already an entrepreneur how you got started with the entrepreneurship
1: uh, so this might be hard for you and a lot of your listeners to believe but uh for when i started it was not interesting to be an entrepreneur it wasn't a cool thing to do in fact um there was no internet i know that's hard to believe for some people but it was before yeah. the internet existed so if you imagine 1987 or 1988 um, you know, we had mail, we didn't even really have mobile phones, cell phones weren't uh, pervasive yet. Uh, so we had mail and we read magazines and the magazines like Inc. Magazine and Forbes, uh, Wired didn't come out yet, hadn't come out yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They they lumped entrepreneurship into small business. And so it was for most people, it was the same as if I would have opened a barbershop or uh, uh, an auto repair store. Mm -hmm. I I was just another version of a small business that happened to be some sort of like weird computer thing. Uh, that's how tech entrepreneurs got started, uh, in the U S and then, I don't know, I, I had good mentors and, and I made a lot of mistakes and I, I managed to learn from some of those mistakes. And, uh, then one day it seemed like everybody wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wasn't quite sure what happened, but, uh. Uh, awesome. it, it it has been a roller coaster. It's been an interesting 30 years.
0: We guys are now you have already seen like we guys are entering into the web three and web three is booming, blockchain is come like booming at this time. What would you like to speak about the blockchain and web three in nowadays?
1: Yeah, well, web three, um, which is sort of underpinned by blockchain. So if you think of blockchain as a fundamental technology, we've had and we'll continue to have waves of fundamental technology that, that become commercially viable. All right. So blockchain started out as a white paper and kind of a theoretical idea. Um, and then the more people worked on it, the more they said, wow, there's commercial opportunity here. So Web3 is really all of the things that are growing out of that blockchain technology. Um, we think it's ready in some applications. There are some applications for it that it's, it's the right technology. There are a lot of, there are a lot of applications that it's not the right technology. Um, so we help our clients figure out, you know, you don't, you don't want to add a piece of technology just to catch a buzzword. Um, but for some, for some applications, it's, it's really fundamental to the way they want to have their product work. And then web five is our take, I think it's a growing trend, we didn't create this term, but the concept of web five is that we have traditional web two technology, like login, username, password, um, mobile apps, etc., cetera. And it's fused with web three technology without all of the cryptocurrency, you know, hash codes, all that stuff. So the user experience, seems very normal but the underpinning technology is in web 5 and so we're really excited about that fusion of the fundamental technology into an everyday user experience
0: what do you think how long will it take to have web f5 experience
1: uh i think we're still figuring it out to be honest with you um we have we have a product that we're developing it's still secret. So I can't tell you too much about it. Mm -hmm. Um, we do a lot of work that's confidential, but this entrepreneur came to us about, uh, about a year ago, had a very interesting idea that he wasn't thinking about web three and, and crypto technology, but the more he discussed what his objectives were for his product, the more we needed the technological, uh, attributes of of, uh, blockchain underneath. And so the problem was we wanted to be a widely adopted consumer application. So all the people that are early adopters of crypto are used to doing things like having wallets and setting up, you know, uh, passwords and passphrases and hash codes. And and we didn't want any of that complexity. Uh, So we started uh, about a year, year and a half ago. It's been about a year and a half working through how to hide all of the complexity of blockchain behind more traditional web and mobile apps uh, so that the user doesn't have to even know that they're, you know, that they're leveraging or using Web3. Web so we've been at it about a, about a year and a half, I'd say. And since understand. then, we've had other projects come up and it's, uh, and it continues to evolve.
0: But, and what do you think, like, how the
1: Web2 and Web3 will revolutionize the Web5? Well, I, I think that for most people, it's going to be a progression of capabilities that they have. Things like immutable identities, um, the ability to prove between parties, to prove that you are who you are, that you did the things that you say you do. Let's, let's see a really simple example. Look at LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. If you go to LinkedIn and you look at someone's profile on LinkedIn, they, they tell you everything that they did. Yeah. But you don't really know that it's true. I mean, you just know that they said that, you know. So I could have gone in there and said that I'd been the former subdirector of NASA, and who would know I wasn't? <laughs> um, but with blockchain, you can start to make those things provable, right? Um, so, so I think that I think we're going to start to see a lot of uh, features and capabilities getting released that rely on the uh, the special technical attributes of blockchain.
0: And what do you think? Like, see, specifically me, I am also entering into the Web three for sure next year. Uh-huh. What do you think? Like, what are the core things which every like? Creator of NFT, you know, or creator of anything into blockchain, we should know, you know, like to get into the web tree to get the successful project launched, or getting a success from the market. So, what's the core things you think works best?
1: Well, the cool things, uh, and and that's right, you and I had talked about your NFT project. Yeah, uh, NFTs are really really amazing. We we've done a number of NFT projects, and we've done some where we've. We've applied NFT technology into uh, video games and virtual reality settings, which is really sort of a—that's uh, yeah. like way out on the front edge of things. Um, I would always keep, when you're thinking about your NFTs, I would always keep your user in mind, your end user in mind, and make sure that they're applicable and accessible and usable to the audience that you want to have for your product. I think right now in the early phase, uh, I've seen a lot of NFT projects, for example, that require actually quite a bit of understanding about how to manage NFTs, how to have wallets, how to transfer, uh, how to do all of that sort of stuff. And that's fine if your NFT product is targeted toward a sophisticated crypto audience mm-hmm. but if you want widespread adoption you're gonna to have to think about well, how would somebody use this on their phone without downloading a whole bunch of stuff and learning a lot of new terms and phrases and that sort of stuff so always keep the user you always have to keep the user at the center of your product development uh, process right,
0: like user experience one of the best like most
1: a hundred percent I mean if if the user experience is bad or worse um you won't get adoption you won't get traction you know you'll have 10,000 nfts you'll get a couple hundred of them sold and then it'll stall and i've seen this we've we've seen projects do this and um it usually comes back to that there's two things are the two things are the problem the first big problem is It's just too complicated to figure out how to get, keep, and trade the NFT because there's not simple user experience. Uh, The second big problem we see is there's just not enough value for the person to care about having the NFT, frankly. And so if you think about the value and the value to the end user, that has to offset the trouble it takes them to figure out how to use it, how to buy it, how to sell it, et cetera. Um, it can be done. There are a lot of people doing it and there are a lot of good reasons for NFTs to exist, but a lot of the ones that we're seeing fail in their launch. Uh, I, I don't. We haven't had any projects that have been outright failures at launch. Mm-hmm. Some have underperformed and it's just because the, the, the customer didn't see enough value in going through the hassle. I guess, the hassle factor yeah. Uh, yeah. of using it. So those are the things I think anybody should keep in mind if they're looking at an NFT or a crypto project is what's the user experience like and how can I make it so easy that the value of my idea comes through and is is accessible to the user.
0: Even though but would you like to speak about those guys, you know, like they had a bunch of NFT projects in the market, which are booming. Yeah. CryptoPunks, mm-hmm. CryptoPunks was the one. B F I C guys are still doing the best. Next is Doodles is doing the best. Uh, then we have V is doing the best. What the specific goal these guys have, which other NFT floppers don't have,
1: you know? Great questions. And I suppose if I knew that with a lot of accuracy, I'd I'd get rich in NFTs myself. But yeah, um, I think I think that because the market's new, there's some there's a fairly big portion of those products success is attributed to being first. It's, it's what we used to call the first mover advantage. So if you're the first or one of the first few people to the market, customers are going to put up with, they're going to put up with more complications of getting your product because it's first and it's the only one out there, you know, it's you or a few other people. Um, As the market matures, value and quality and experience come back into play. And I think all of those ones you mentioned do those things really well too. I mean, there's they've developed a community and a marketplace. They have raving fans. They have people that want to trade them. There's a sense of scarcity, but it's a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of work and you have to get a lot of things right and, and go through very fast change cycles. And uh, I think that's what they're doing right in a those particular uh, instances that you mentioned
0: so you are already like been into tech entrepreneur I am telling you, what do you think what, what would you like to speak specifically about like how to be a successful tech entrepreneur even without a technical knowledge?
1: well yeah I think it I think it is actually the same as being a successful business of any sort uh, you could look at. Um, really any business in the world and ask yourself what makes them successful versus other people that tried the same thing that aren't successful. There was actually a very interesting book written back in the, I think it was in the 1990s. It was called good to great. And um, it was an extremely popular book and what the author and his research staff tried to do. Jim Collins is the author. And and what they did is they surveyed a lot of publicly held companies where they could get, you know, financial data. And they asked themselves, why do these one or two companies, why are they so much better than all their other competitors? So if you think of a type of business, I don't know, uh, uh, personal computer business, right? There were many, many, many dozens and 50, 100, I don't know, uh, personal computer companies But a few of them were just so much better than everyone else. Dell, Apple, IBM, you know, and those are the ones that are still around. Mm -hmm. And so the question was, what did they do differently? And I think that's all of those things are, are probably more important for tech entrepreneurs to understand, or at least as important as just the pure technology that drives their business. So let, let, let me give you a quick example. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say that you want to have a mobile app-based business. You have an idea for a mobile app. I don't know what it is. Um, doesn't matter. What language the mobile app gets written in largely doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Your customer doesn't care. Your employees aren't going to care. It's not going to change the world. So in that case, that part of the technology makes no difference whatsoever. And that's why we're seeing so many tech entrepreneurs without tech backgrounds being successful in what looks like technology businesses uh, because they understand how to get great employees. They understand how to take care of their customers. They've identified the product market fit. They've done all of the things right. And then the technology sort of solves itself. I don't know if that makes sense, but, yeah. um, you know, the technology is a way to get your business built and launched, but it's not, rarely is it essential to the fundamental success of the company.
0: What advice would you like to give to any early entrepreneur, getting into entrepreneurship, even, it's, even getting into the tech entrepreneurship, or just as a entrepreneurship? Is it easy? Advice. Is it easy for you?
1: I don't, I don't know anything else. I mean, I would I would probably be the world's worst employee if some big company gave me a job because I, I've never I've never done that. You know, I'm 58 years old. I've never had a job for somebody else. Um, I, I think that. I think that the advice that I would give for someone who wants to be an entrepreneur is to be really sure that it's a lifestyle that you want. Um, it's not for everyone. It's not bad. I obviously I like it and I've supported my family and, and made lots of friends and had a good time. I, I love, I love the work that I've done. Um, But it's different, you know, and I have friends who work in say a, you know, fortune 500 company and, um, you know, my, one of my son-in-laws, he works for a company and, it's a very successful company and he has a great job and every year he kind of knows how to get his review and get his raise and he's got a successful career going. But how that works is a mystery to me because it's a big multinational company and it has its, a different set of rules and they lead a different lifestyle. So I think for entrepreneurs or people who are thinking about being an entrepreneur, my advice would be, or my first piece of advice would be, Make sure this is really what how you want to spend your life because you'll make choices in your life and your life and your work sort of get mushed together. So you have to like it, right? And the ups and downs, you mentioned a roller coaster, the ups and downs. Um, I think people in big companies have ups and downs, but they're different than the ups and downs that entrepreneurs have. So talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, ask what their life's been like, see if it's kind of lifestyle that you want to live. That would be my advice. It's easy to look at somebody like Elon Musk and say, Oh, I want to be like that. Um, I don't know that I want to be like that, but you know, w- when you're fabulously wealthy, everything else sort of, it solves for everything else, yeah. but most entrepreneurs, you know, I'm not, I'm not I've been a career entrepreneur. I'm not fabulously wealthy. I've I have a I have a comfortable lifestyle. I mean, my family uh, were fine, um, but it's there've been hard times, you know. So yeah. I think yeah, I think you have to look at the lifestyle. That's my advice.
0: And it's obviously not easy for the early years, at least five years, if you're getting started from scratch. To be honest, according to
1: me, no, it no, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy at all. You. Um,
0: I still remember you have you we don't even like die diehard friends was you as something which is coming from my friendship When I was busy with my own projects into my own and growing this company now, so I was missing all my things and what I did and I go and this is coming out so lost friendships lost like staying away a lot from family and then ne- nothing been into relationships just working 12 to 16 hours a day been with people no weekend no trip no will so this was something they only two to five years.
1: yeah those things are real I mean I have my version of those experiences and I think most entrepreneurs that start something uh share those experiences um but again I don't think that it's better or worse than a corporate job or being a doctor or being an attorney i just think it's different and so if you're aware of the differences and you make a conscious choice you know then it can be okay
0: cool Charles. well thanks for being on the show it was amazing to talk, it was amazing to talk to you you know like i got a lot to listen to a lot so audience would be happy to like hear your thoughts you know so thank you so much for getting into the show you know
1: hey thank you very much enjoy your journey
0: amazing for sure
1: i'll see you